What's up, world? This is your host, Kelly Hall, and we have an incredible message for you today from Erica Grace Powell. I absolutely adore this woman. She has become one of my life mentors. And when I tell you life is tough to navigate around, I don't think I need to reinforce that to anyone because boy, what a year we have had, right? And if it's any depiction of the way life goes, it's a pretty accurate one. It always goes differently than we think. And you know what's a beautiful thing is you have dreams, you have goals when you're younger. And then as you get older, life just gets in the way, right? Whether it's, you know, finances or it's plans or it's upsets or it's exciting, things just always change. But sometimes that's perfectly okay. You know, dreams change, goals change, life changes. And that's what Erica is talking about today. She is a former Miss South Carolina 2005 and placed top 10 at Miss America. And she was a former Miss South Carolina USA in 2012 and placed top 15 at Miss USA. Erica participated in those competitions and pageants because her ultimate goal was to be on Broadway. And she used that to get herself, uh, you know, get a foot in the door in the process and to get her name out there as an accomplished singer, actor, model. But guess what? Life changed. She went to New York. She pursued her goal. She pursued her dreams. And so many things started unfolding after that. So just to give a little background on Erica, she's an upstate South Carolina native and Furman graduate. And she is a very recognizable TV personality and red carpet host. She's been hired as the preferred face and voice for a variety of renowned productions, such as the Grammys, the Billboard Music Awards, CMAs, Vivo Music, and has worked on numerous household brands on both regional and national levels to include Rooms to Go, Home Depot, Haynes, Lowe's, Ford, John Deere, Serta, Verizon, as a model, as an actress, and her voice commands the microphone regardless of the stage. She is so accomplished, and we ended up connecting in such a unique way, which I'm going to share during the episode, but now she's become such a dear friend. So for any of you who have life goals and dreams that may be changing, they might be altering based on your situation, and you might still just be as thrilled. That is okay. So I'm going to dive in with Erica Grace Powell on how to manage your dreams as the chapters change in your own life novel. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I am so excited to have you on the show. I Thank feel you like for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I mean, with nothing on my calendar right now, I was like, yay, I get to talk to Kelly. Yay, finally. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm shocked I didn't have you as like one of my first guests because you're so misunderstood. But I think sometimes when you have like the closest people to you, you almost dismiss them you're like oh like it's Erica and then I sit down for a second I'm like oh my gosh Erica she's the perfect person to have you are an amazing guest well thank you I'm looking forward to maybe giving some advice or encouragement where it could be helpful I feel like I try to take all those nuggets from different people every conversation I have and store it away for those days when you need to draw on it you know, you're the perfect person for that. Um, honestly, when I think back to like mentorship as a whole, there's like three people I think of that really made that impact for me. And you were one of those three, but you were my like branding pageant, uh, kind of like marketing guru that I, I just knew nothing about pageantry and like you walked into my life. So you taught well, me pretty much everything I know, so I got to have you. I had a good canvas to work with. Like, that was Thanks. not a hard thing. <laughs> and Thank for most you. people, I feel like if you're, if you're already kind of playing in the right um, arena, you can just tweak little things here and there and get a good team around you, and, and you're set up for success. And I think you've done a really good job at that. Well, thank you. Well, you've taught me. So I have got to tell listeners, before we get started, how our relationship came to fruition, because it, it's – 
it's kind of crazy. I've talked about it in different segments, but never directly said like your name. I've alluded to certain things. And (laughs) um, one of the episodes I'm about to release is about like cyberbullying and being attacked online. Well, when I released my participation in Miss Ohio USA year one, that was one of those moments. My like headshot went live online and I got, I received a lot of negativity from people in the military and they got like leaked into this Facebook group. And I was like, oh dang, like all these people are making fun of me. This sucks. Well, that very Facebook group where there was all these Navy personnel and Naval officers and junior, junior officers, your brother was a member of that Facebook group. I remember. Yeah. He, he like, I think he Facebook messaged me and was just like, Hey, my sister, you know, was a former Miss South Carolina, USA. If you would, if you like a connection, like I'd love to connect you to, I just so happened to serve on the same ship as you. So I like recognized your name. Um, I never met him in person, but he was there before me. And I didn't, I still like didn't appreciate networking as much back then because I was only 24, 23 mm-hmm. or 24. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And it was one of those moments where you really don't think like someone's serious. But then you come to learn later in life, like people actually want to help you. So yeah. I took the chance and I said, yes, absolutely. I'd love to talk with her. And you, were, of course, were so sweet. And you're like, yeah, like, I'm happy to talk with you. And our first FaceTime, you like laid it all on me. Like this pageant newbie, you were like, you got to do this. You're 90 days out. You're 60 days out. This is what it looks like. This is what your prep looks like. This is what your gowns look like. And I was like, oh <laughs> my goodness. So and I think you were like in the middle of a move or something yes. too. Like you were living out of boxes mm-hmm. and you, you had really bad eating habits. I remember, or you were like, yep. eating really, <laughs> like junky fast food kind of stuff just because yep. you hadn't totally settled in and you for sure hadn't done anything with body rec Craig and like, no. you know, didn't have kind of your go-to uh, routine, which I think is key for, I mean, at whatever chapter of life you're in, you diets change, but like a routine for how you eat is what keeps anybody where they want to be. Right. Um, but I just remember we were FaceTiming Maybe not that first time, but another time. And I don't know if you were eating ice cream or something. I was like, what is that? I'm pretty sure I was eating. (laughs) I'm not joking. I was eating a spoonful of cookie dough. That's what it was? Yes. Yes, in a tub. In a tub. I'm not. This was my life literally before you and before pageants. I was in the middle of, I used to have a tub of cookie dough in my fridge. And like, that's what I did. And I had like just terrible habits because I was always petite. So I was like, oh, doesn't mean you're healthy, obviously. So I would eat terrible. And then you were like, Kelly, I don't know how serious you are about this. And I was like, oh, I'm very serious. Like, I, I want to do well at Miss Ohio, USA. And you're like, all right. So for the next 30 days leading into competition, you can't eat this. You can't do this. You have to do this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> crap. Like, I really need to step it up. And what blew my mind was obviously you were right. Like, I hit that competition. I took all your advice in 30 days that I could. And I, I, you actually transformed, like, as much as you could of me at the time. You really did. It was And it awesome. opened my eyes so much. So hey, much. that cookie sounds really good right now, but I also, like, kind of need to get back on the wagon myself. So maybe this is a good talk for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, like, inspiring ourselves. Um, right. But that was my eye-opener. It really was about mentorship because here's someone, you know, I – didn't know ever and we hadn't even met in person and you gave me all this knowledge and it was effective and after the competition I was like whoa like what if I genuinely connect with people who are smarter than me in all these areas listen to them apply it to my life and then there's actually results so we obviously went together or we continued working together for the next two years and you were always my mentor Never officially like my coach, um, but I kept you all to myself and <laughs> the results showed and we're together. We, I mean, we made it all the way to California technically I know. Um, as first runner up. This little woman over here that was eating cookie dough once upon a time. Crazy. <laughs> so with that, Erica, I learned obviously so much about you in the last four years and you were genuinely a jack of all trades. Um, 
you are by no means a stereotype of what you would classify a model or an actress or a singer. You, I mean, you have so much depth to you, which is exactly like what I want to dissect. And your life lessons really have been instilled in me and like beyond pageantry. Like this is not a pageant podcast at all. It's in every aspect of life. So let's start from the beginning. You know, we discussed education and really where to take that. Like you graduate, you have this plan for your life, but what it actually looks like, like when you leave college and you want to pursue your dreams. Well, and what a good time to talk about that because I mean, graduations, if they were physically happening, not that they aren't happening, um, would be right now. And so you are, and I guess I just use this as an example of kind of like, when's that first time that you're cut loose from, you know, you're kicked out of the nest and you have this big piece of paper that is somewhere being framed and you probably still haven't hung it in any kind of office, right? (laughs) Even five years later, um, that says that you can do, or that you have studied whatever it is that you studied and whatever it is that you do. And it, kind of gives a false sense of security I think sometimes that a your degree or what it is that you studied and have been focused on for four years is exactly the life calling that you will continue to have for Mm -hmm. your future but then b how do you get to that next place now that you Mm -hmm. have the piece of paper and for me, as a graduate of a small liberal arts school with a fine arts degree in opera and musical theater, I was a very small fish in a now very huge pond of, of starving artists and hopefuls and lots of talent that wanted to dream really big and be on Broadway and move to a big city and, you know, perform and sing and dance and spin on my head whatever you needed me to do. Right. Um, But I couldn't quite, I knew I needed to be in a big city, but once I got there, it was like, how, what do I do? You know, I, I I had never had instruction in a degree like that, where I learned how to build an appropriate resume. Like what is a Broadway resume look like when you walk into Pearl Studios and they say, give me your headshot resume. Why didn't I know what that was? Why wasn't that Mm -hmm. taught to me in school? This whole ability to like instantly tweak it, print it back out, get you know, your music stuff up at the top, if you were going in for something musical, and then the next time you're going in for something acting, you flip it and you print a new one. And the acting stuff is the first thing at the top. Just all of these things about where eyeballs are going to fall on what it is that you do, and then how you get in those circles where those people begin to be familiar with you and understand that you're consistent and showing up and they want to take a risk and give you the chance of a lifetime. And I feel like, you know, if I have a lot of money one day, not necessarily to my alma mater, but to some <laughs> any universities that want to like buy into some kind of like marketing or PR or mm-hmm. self-employed kind of 101 class with me, I wish I could come up with a curriculum that would really teach students how to take an PR market the A double hockey sticks out of all the dreams they have, because at that point, that's all it is. You've not proven mm-hmm. to the world that you're a success at this. You mm-hmm. have told the world that you are studying it and you have a drive to commit to this. But I feel like the marketing and the PR side of things are sometimes let left out of a degree that isn't specific to marketing and PR. And if you're doing any career right now, especially in a COVID post COVID climate, you need to know how to sell yourself. And mm-hmm. when people are looking, even if what you studied isn't exactly what seems to be the LinkedIn qualifications, think about your skill sets more than your studies or your degree or your diploma um, and begin to kind of be willing to shift and tweak that and be what they are looking for and draw on, okay, but I really did learn this by doing this job. I know it's not the same job, but it's the skill set that prepares me for a job like yours. And I think I've seen myself do that so many times in different chapters, especially being married to someone who's also um, serving in the military now as a um, reservist. But at the beginning of our marriage, it was, you know, active duty and we were moving different places and we were only in certain Mm -hmm. cities for certain times. And it was really hard to 
like be consistent and plug in with a real full-time job. And then when you're only taking contract jobs in maybe a city that isn't like driven by fine arts or performance or for me, you know, theater or acting or anything like that, it was very hard to, um, A, stay positive and motivated, but B, you know, not lose sight of, okay, is this a time for me to really just reflect and decide if this career path is truly what's bringing me joy, like truly what's giving Mm -hmm. me the life that I dream about? Or is it like a role on something that is just, it was in a bucket list kind of a thing. And Mm -hmm. I've had to take steps back at different times and answer that question because sometimes what you study is not necessarily going to give you the the nine to five and all the post nine to fives that you dream about in your big picture of life. And it's okay to like kind of wake up from that and decide, okay, I might not want to do this anymore, or I might want to do this even on a bigger scale. It just begins to answer Mm -hmm. those questions, but you have to know how to get in the right room with people to begin to um, learn those things. Yeah, that I yeah, placing yourself in those circles that's super important. And something that you said that I wanted to expand on was the kind of the self-branding and the self-marketing. And when we spoke earlier on the phone, you were like, "I really think everyone should take a marketing 101 class." Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not because like they should learn how to sell a product. We should learn how to sell ourselves. Oh yeah. And it sounds super weird and like it doesn't sound humble, it, like it sounds very, you know, aggressive, but it's not about that. If you have a skill set and you're being placed in a room with the right people, like that's not the time to be humble. It's, hey, I can do this. I can do this job. I have this skill set. And you really were the person that taught me that because one of the many skills I learned in pageantry was that branding piece. It was, you know, there's going to be, let's, we can use pageants as an example, but also can apply to the workforce in a pageant there's 77 girls for example who want the same job Mm -hmm. they all want to be miss california usa and that's terrific but there's only one kelly hall with this specific skill set with these specific experiences and we need to wrap that up in a little bow and sell it to the judges and it's the same way i feel like with employers like really pointing out those qualities about yourself like these top three things that you can contribute. And I have been able to nail those down myself as, you know, whether it's a speaker or a mentor or now it's brand strategy or PR or social media. But it took a lot of time for me to be like, oh, wait, this is what I have to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And then also not be afraid to sell it when you're around the right people. Totally. And I think to, um, to kind of echo what you said, that sometimes it's, you know, you just sitting back and, and looking at what your story is and make sure you're staying mm-hmm. within the pages of that. Like the chapters change, but it's going to always somehow connect or segue from the thing you've already had experience doing. It's not going to be this just big dump, like I got pushed off a cliff and, you know, I ended up way over here and I'm not really sure how I got there, especially in, in today's climate. I feel like it's going to be based on someone you know and kind of that little warm handshake and then you go from there or it may be a full-on cold call but it's a company you've admired because you've been a consumer first and now you want to sell for them or whatever the case may be I just think that you always need to like step back and look at that big picture because when my mom always used that analogy like if you're working on a cross stitch you know and you turn it over all the thread is like knotted up and it looks really confusing but when you flip it over you can clearly see that it's becoming a really beautiful work of art. And when you're looking underneath your life, because that's the only angle we get, is like we're moving up, but we see all these tied off threads. It's kind of like you just want to hang on for dear life and you're not really sure how to make sense of something. But when you take a step back and come above it and look at the big picture, you're like I still am making this, this look the way I want it to. It just doesn't look or feel like that every single day. That is such a great analogy. I have chills. Not kidding. Because <laughs> I'm like sitting here now assessing my life. I'm like, wait, what are the cross stitches? Am I on the right path? I think I'm moving up. Right. Like, and then I'm thinking of the quilt and like what color it would be. Yep. Anyways, so with that, you said you mentioned the word, the people you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've already said this, you being such an 
excellent mentor to me and you taught me so much about mentorship, but I know you had to learn that on your own as well. So when did you notice yourself kind of starting to take a shift from those dreams you had, you grew up, you went to college, you studied this specific thing, and then ultimately you started shifting what maybe your story might be or where you might want to end up to be? Sure. Um, so I graduated from school, had the piece of paper, had maybe $7,000 to my name after I sold my car, and I decided to move to New York City. And I, Gutsy. yeah, right, 21 <laughs> years old, um, had never lived away from South Carolina, small town, and um, I, I had done Miss America when I was 19 to 20 while in school. So I felt like I had a lot of like independence and I traveled the state on my own and driven 40,000 miles and spoken in schools and, you know, learned how to work with business leaders and nonprofits, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't quote that scary to me, but I think like looking at it from like my parents' point of view, they were probably terrified. Um, Mm -hmm. But I moved in with a roommate that I had known from college. And so that was one point of of familiarity. Um, She was from New York area and had come to school in Greenville, South Carolina with me. So that was nice. Her family was close. And I think that made my mom rest a little easier. But, um, you know, in order to pay rent to her to split the apartment uh, that we lived in, I, you know, had to find some other jobs I guess in the meantime as I was learning the ropes of like what is this audition world how how do you get on Broadway waiting in line at all hours of the day like 4 a.m calls in the middle of winter streaming lines around the back of theaters for you know auditions times and you didn't even know if you would be there early enough to be in one of the early numbers they could see before like they'd reach their limit of who they could see that day um Wow. Just, just very, very grinding kind of work that really did you no favors. Um, but in order to pay bills, I picked up some random jobs here and there. And one of them was with a woman that I felt like was already a mentor in a way because she's a former Miss South Carolina who is about 15 years older than me. And I knew that she was a singer. She had a very successful career on Broadway, um, had been in Phantom for like 10 years had done the tour she played Christine she played Carlotta you know and I felt like we shared a lot of similarity up to that point um both being from South Carolina and having done a pageant to pay for school she went to another liberal arts school similar to mine just down the road and had ended up in New York with this dream realized that I was currently holding on to hoping that it would be true for me and she needed some help with like just personal organization at her home office she also performed outside of times with phantom and wanted me to manage like you know constant contact stuff just help you know while she was working at the theater and uh, I would go to her house like I don't know once a week or so for an hour or two walk her dog and do some work that she had for me on the computer and I think In conversations with her and in truly observing her quality of life and overall goals and and things that she was hitting, like, I, I think what really hit home for me was when she showed me a dream board. And there were, you know, pictures of, like, handsome men on there and little babies and, like, a dog and a house and, you know, a picket fence and a car, an SUV, a car, stuff that like New York makes it a little harder for you to have and find. And Mm -hmm. though she had hit this like milestone of achievement in my eyes at that point, not having really walked in those shoes, she was pining for a lot of things that I think I would have woken up 15 years later and probably felt the exact same way. And to me, just knowing but not knowing that that was going to be so important for me and so pivotal, like to just get a bigger picture again, like come up for air, look at the map you're, you're drawing and decide if you, if you really want to go down this Avenue, I like, was Broadway really going to do it for me? Like, honestly, I hate doing the same thing multiple times. I think it's absolutely infuriating. Why in the world would I ever want to do eight shows a week? You know, things like that, that begin to surface that I'm like, that, that would be very annoying for me. I, that's not my personality though. I can sing every note in the show. I don't know that that would make Mm -hmm. me happy, you know? And 
Then also kind of like getting an assessment of truly how much it costs to live. And as you know, time has gone on, it costs more to live. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, pay is improved, but I definitely don't feel like Broadway artist salaries are awesome. And they are there morning, noon, and night. They sleep in all morning. Mm -hmm. They finally make it to a yoga class. They eat something healthy. And then they're in a makeup chair at four o'clock for their eight o'clock show, eight days a week. And it is, you don't have time to go on a date. You don't have time to, all these things that I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to have a reset. Is Broadway the only Mm -hmm. goal? And does that keep me from other things that are life goals? Like, what do I want my picture to look like? And I realized I absolutely want to be married one day. I absolutely want to be a mom. I absolutely want to have a nice car and live at, you know, home or close to family members that can participate in life with my children and me and like make memories because she hadn't been home in like months and months and months and months. She never had a weekend off or she'd lose her contract. And her mom was too ill to come right. up there, didn't like to fly. And, you know, just different things that you're like, I don't know if if that is a win in the book, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to look at New York a little bit more like an experience instead of, or a chapter, if you will, instead of, um, you know, the end all be all. And I just tried to soak up everything I could from any different avenue during my four years there and had a great awesome resume building experience. I learned so much. I had my Carnegie debut. There were many successful things about fine arts, entertainment, acting. I got my SAG card in like three weeks doing under five stuff on Blue Bloods and The Good Wife and White Collar. And I mean, there were just so many good things. But every time I was on set, I wasn't looking at it with like rose colored glasses anymore. I was really just saying, do I love being on a you know, Mm -hmm. a segment show? Do I like being behind the camera? And the answer was yes, but I hated it in terms of like sitcoms or series and movies because you had to Mm -hmm. do the same thing over and over again. Again, my echo to Broadway. I don't know if I really want to do that over and over again. I found my niche and it kind of answered a question for me that would move me to Nashville later, but I didn't really know it. But I just kept saying, I like thinking on my feet. I like being live. I like what opera and what musical theater is in terms of I don't have to do it again and again and again. The first time and only time I do mm-hmm. it is like, boom, like that's what I showed up to deliver. That's the golden moment you got to experience. And so if I do anything more with camera work, I think I just want to stick with commercials. And I think I would like to do live red carpet things. And so that just began mm-hmm. to be kind of like a different way to take that same part of the story, but just derail a little bit off to this other avenue and be more specific with my asks and my willingness to take work. Yeah, that's – and one of the things you mentioned, too, earlier was about, you know, maybe not necessarily, like, finding a mentor who is 40 yeah. years your senior and, you know, on the way out of, of the door for retirement because, you know, sometimes they really overlook those pieces or those moments and they're like, oh, I have no regrets, you know, but I can tell you how I got here instead you know finding that mentor that is just right ahead five years closer to your age or yeah right ahead um because then you're really going to see like okay where they're at in their life like that's where I would be headed next and is that where I would want to be headed next and I mentioned this before but you know, I felt the same way about when I started dabbling in photography. I had always had such a large passion for it. But when I, you know, got my camera and I had those rose-colored glasses and I had the website and I was like, screw the Navy. Like, I'm going to go be this huge six-figure photographer. And then I found my mentor. And as, as soon as I started, you know, shadowing yeah. and asking the questions and working the weekends and really understanding the hustle, I was like, wait a second. I think I want to, like, I'd rather, I want to be around on the weekends for, like, my kids' soccer games. And, you know, I don't want to always be rushing from, like, photo shoot to photo shoot on the weeknights because that's when clients are available. Like, I want to be at home. And you kind of see the lifestyle. And I realized early on that I was never going to take it full time. So I think that's super powerful advice because a lot of people, they go to 
the person that's been in the industry or the person that they idolize the most right so you you right now on instagram can almost connect with anybody if you message them harder enough you know and they'll actually and you'll feel like oh my gosh emerald followed me because i tagged him in some cooking video you know it feels accessible um and then it also feels so spread out too far unattainable because they don't truly understand where you are and how to get to your own cooking show anymore because the way it needs to happen now is different than when they just fell into it and the reason you would know them yeah right? so so true and I okay to say another job that I had when I was in New York um I worked as a personal chef and personal assistant and sometimes nanny for Hugh Jackman and his family and you know that um Love it. and I, yep. I was with them for maybe like I guess it was right at nine months um while they were getting their full-time tutor and live-in nanny um, into the country from Australia. Anyway, so I was kind of this, like, <laughs> little segue, wow. and I didn't have, you know, any SAG jobs yet. I hadn't been on a movie set yet, but, I mean, oh, my gosh. Like, I was looking at Oscars and alt Tonys and <laughs> everything else on his shelf um, when I would go over to work at the house, and one day we were talking – in the kitchen, I was like cleaning up something his daughter had made a mess with probably. And I just said to him in passing, like, would it be okay if on Thursday or Friday or whatever, I just come in at 10, I have an audition, um, a casting at eight for a movie that's shooting in town. He's like, Oh, great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, do you know what movie it is? And I don't even think I got picked for it. It was like something that didn't even go to screen, but he was like, well, wait a minute. So how did you get the casting? And I said, well, I signed up for like casting networks and, you know, I rattled off like actors access and all these different, you know, 1-800 casting sites that you pay $10 a month to have access to these castings. And then you, you know, get picked by these minions who don't really have much of a say, but they're looking Mm -hmm. for five, seven ethnically ambiguous brown haired girl next door. And then I get called in and then you're in a lineup with 20 people that look just makes no difference who they pick. So you're mm-hmm. going to see the back of your shoulder the whole time. And um, I was like, yeah, it's these websites. And he's like, you can sign up for a website that lets you be in a movie. And then that's how you get in the movie. And it was like lost on him. I was like, Hugh, how do you think people are in movies with you? <laughs> like, I just, I just yeah. remember thinking like. <laughs> wait there's such a disconnect because he had Uh already bypassed all of that before it was ever a thing as to how people get casted for things he was already had an agent and somebody just walking him into the set for the lead role and and it just dawned on me that I'm kind of like as much advice and good things that he can kind of share with me and I'll tell you one more thing that I still hold really dear that he said that helped with my kind of like shift and knowing that even if I don't want to do Broadway anymore, that me- that doesn't mean I'm not successful or that I failed or that I'm not going to be proud that I studied fine arts and can sing, but I'm not using it every single day. Um, but I realized the disconnect was too great to kind of like put the person you idolized in that very front seat to help you learn how to drive your car. Because there's so many cars between them and you. It's just, it you can't keep up. And they don't know where you are. Wow, so I yeah. feel like you need to be with the person that's just one or two cars ahead. So you can keep seeing them. And and you can actually mm-hmm. keep up on the road map. So um, that's that thing. But then the other thing he told yes, me. Yes, I love like, that. I remember him telling me when I said, well, I went and stood in line for something for Broadway. And they're, they're seeing everybody because they have to right now. Because the union requires that you have open calls. And so... I would go, but I would very well know they are not casting. Um, and mm. he goes, Erica, you know what? You don't need to be on Broadway to be a household name. You can be a household name in a million other different places, and Broadway might call you to be on Broadway. Like, that doesn't make you – you don't end the dream of being there just because this way didn't work out. And I don't mm. mean that literally for Broadway, but I mean that for a lot of different things. You know, it's, you right. kind of have to look at it like, well, if I stop now, does that mean that I'm never going to get there? It may be a backdoor 10 years down the road. It may be the person you mm-hmm. marry and you don't even know who it is. And their father, like, 
owns the theater. I mean, you have no idea. Like, yeah. it, it literally can be crazy, crazy stories. So just being open to, like, taking those steps back and, and refocusing when you need to and knowing that just because you say no, not right now, or the industry is saying no, not right now, it may happen later if that's still supposed to be part of your story. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is, wow, that's crazy advice from him, first of all. And I, I'm just sitting here smiling because it brings back like the eight year old in me who had these super, super huge dreams. And I still do, but they just, like you said, they alter and they pivot. And I have always, always wanted to be an anchor mm-hmm. on the Today Show. My whole life had a poster of Katie Couric on my wall. Like that was the dream. And in any interview I've ever had for Miss USA state competitions, I've said that. But that path, you know, when I, I've sat down with news anchors in several different states, I've shadowed people, I've been to the Pentagon and worked with their public affairs office, I've done all these things, and I thought that was the right path. But as I've gotten older, I saw like what their lifestyle was like, what their relationships were like. And I realized that wasn't something I wanted to sacrifice mm-hmm. in my 20s. And mm-hmm. that and then I was like, you know what, it's, if it's meant to be, it's, I'm going to be actively, pa- um, what's the word? Oh, I'm going to be actively patient instead of passively mm-hmm. patient. That's, yeah. that was the right thing. And I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to pursue X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do Miss California. I'm going to try all these things. Cause you never know when that dream will be reached, but it's still your job to continue working on yourself and working mm-hmm. toward those goals. And in, I mean, at the end of the day, just like you said, I knew I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have relationships and I still wanted to have a life. And I was like, I, I think we can do both of these things. So it's crazy how those, those dreams change, but it doesn't make you no. a failure. It does not no. mean you're unsuccessful. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to get into as well because pivoting is not to be looked down on. Pivoting certain areas of your life and closing certain chapters and respecting certain chapters. So you obviously have done a ton, and you're, you're like you're still super young. That's like when I'm, I'm gonna say your intro and people are gonna be blown away. Like uh-huh. she's that young. You've done all of these things. You've been a two-time in South Carolina. You've had all of these opportunities but you've grown from every experience. So, I mean, how do you start learning that value in every chapter? And what would you say to those people who are having to pivot either by their choice or not um, and tell them like, it's not a failure. Just think about the life that you want to have and don't think about the thing that you're doing. Think about those intangible things it may, it may be monetary for some people. It may be um, a location. It may be relationships. But don't get so caught up in the world you're living in being just the world you're, like, surviving in. Um, create the space mm-hmm. you want to be that brings you calm and rest and, like, peace. And I'm not saying, like, be lazy. But even if you're a super hard worker and very ambitious and working a killer six-figure job you can still come home and you feel a sense of peace and like perspective and you know that you're in that right place and I kind of like joked with you earlier just think of Cindy Crawford you know you had to go from Sports Illustrated to selling Mm -hmm. furniture at some point and like that's a joke but Mm -hmm. it's very real like there are times that certain things make a lot of sense. Yes, in youth. Yes, with maturity. Different things will be on your plate that are now appropriate for you. But it is okay not to like pine for Hawaiian Tropic and Swimsuit Sports Illustrated Edition anymore after a certain point in your life. It's okay that that's not your relatability mm-hmm. button anymore. Um, it doesn't mean that you never should have done it or that you never should have idolized it or that you, you know what I mean? You just, it, it's the shift. It's the natural cause and mm-hmm. effect of growing up, having experience. And it is what we all want in that really good fine wine. It's something you can't rush. You have to just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally do open it, you realize why you left it in the bottle so long. And 
I think that for me has been something that I've tried to just hold on to because there've been a lot of like movements in the last 10 years for me. Um, we have moved almost every 18 months, whether it's in the same building to a different apartment or across the country or um, state to state. I've had to take kind of that next step in a new market. A lot of times finding agents, finding work, um, even thinking now in this climate, like I've been practicing for 15 years sales. What would a sales job look like for me? Would that give me the stability and like truly a day in, day in and out ability to use these skill sets that aren't really tapped into many days of the year for me, even in a very successful year with a lot of contract work and a lot of television time, I still don't really hit the financial goal that I would love to be at, but it feels like I'm not really in control Mm -hmm. of doing that, staying in this industry 100%. It'd be something I would never totally walk away from, but like, what is it that I'm missing? And to me, it's kind of like gotten to this point of, I want more of my time filled I feel like I hate waiting for just Mm. the 60 days that I get to actually be on set every year. And that's a good year. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of work. Um, But I, I do want something that feels like a team. I think I really would, would do great with the commission structure. I think I, I could outsell anybody in the office, you know, and I have never kind of like Mm -hmm. come up for air about that because I didn't think of myself as like, Oh, I didn't study sales. You know, why would I want to do this? But I I actually find myself looking at that because of the goals that it would bring me closer to, the life that it would bring me closer to. And it doesn't mean that all the stuff I've been doing for the last 10 years is a waste of time. It's prepared me to understand that I might be really successful and love sales, you know? So, and I'm not saying that that's going to be the thing I do, but it's definitely something that I'm considering and, and have some opportunities in front of me for. And I'm just going to be open to it to see if it meets the need. And you know what? Worst case scenario, if it doesn't, you quit. I mean, you, you have the ability again to pivot. That doesn't mean you're not successful. Sometimes you need to do something and it not work out for you to know that you don't want to do that ever again. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that is so true. That is something I've tried to encourage listeners before um, I had a message on failure and you, it's because you think that you failed, like if you quit right. or if you, you know, got fired or whatever it was, or maybe you're really unhappy with a certain chapter of your life, but you look back a year later, three years later, five years later, and you're like, wow, I needed to go through that. So I know I don't need to do that ever again in my life, or I disliked <laughs> the way the lifestyle was, mm-hmm. or I just wasn't good at it. And some I sometimes I'm so bright eyed and I'm like oh, I would be fantastic at that and then I do it and I'm like whoa yeah. this is way harder yeah. than I thought never mind you know so you're right that pivoting is so smart I feel like I'm going through that own personal pivot to be honest because I you know really thought I was like oh this year is going to be Miss California that's going to be my year it's going to be pageant focused and Miss USA focused what a limbo and you stay life- away from holy cow. Right. How I would have been so terrible for me because I'm such You're a like planner. I'm, I love yep. like deadlines and plans and all of that and not knowing my yep. future. I know. Erica, I would have died. <laughs> I would have been. And, and so sometimes upset. those things so in your kind life of are the road bumps like for your good. Like you're so mad at it when you go over yes. it. But then you look back and you're like, boy, that slowed me down just enough. Or that took me away from this just enough where like, if you get really proud, I would say is probably the word or, um, entitled even sometimes that this opportunity is right for you and you're best for it. And it's going to happen. Sometimes that check is like what actually opens the door for the next thing that's even better. And you were so sure about this mm-hmm. other thing that it had to be totally taken away. And I think about that with you with pageants, like that A is how you win a pageant. You have to think like that. But when you finally get to the point where it's out of your mm-hmm. control and you let it just be, and it's either there or it's not, it's taken away or it's yours. You are finally free to take all of that focus energy and, pride and you know drive and turn it toward 
the next thing that could actually be the thing you've been craving and looking for, but you just didn't know. Right. Right. And that goes back to the passively waiting or being passively patient, actively patient and kind of waiting for those chapters Mm -hmm. because you, you always think, you know, where your life is headed and what job is best for you, what mm-hmm. role is best for you, or I what know. guy is best for you, all of those things. And it never goes exactly yep. how it's planned. It's not supposed to. So you're right. I think this, these challenges and like quote failures, I feel like I have faced personally over these last three years have been really excellent for me to experience so I know it's okay when things don't go your way mm-hmm. it's absolutely okay there's always a bigger plan and I'm so grateful I had you to teach me those qualities so before we end the show mm-hmm. I have to ask how you feel mm. the most misunderstood well I kind of shared this with you I guess a little while ago um I've been doing some work in the Enneagram and I think also just like Myers-Briggs kind of personality tests, different skill set kind of things have always been very, very interesting to me. And I am a seven with a wing eight in the Enneagram and I am an ENTJ um, in the Myers-Briggs. And I think all my life, I didn't know those two quote classifications by these studies, but I've always kind of been the really outgoing, like song and dance kid who wanted to perform and, Oh, Nope. You want to hear that song? Erica will sing it. Erica stand up and sing it. I mean, just like called upon to just Mm -hmm. everyone's entertainment. And I think where I finally realized I was a little misunderstood is that just because you're a go-getter or an entertainer or like on all the time in your workspace doesn't necessarily mean you're just down for the song and dance and never desire to go deeper in a relationship space or in a friendship space. And I think sometimes for sevens, especially, um, and enthusiasts in general, you are the happy one. You are optimistic. You don't like to sit with your feelings. That makes you seem very superficial and very surface. And that's actually not true at all when it comes to very good, healthy, deeper things. I want to like sit with them more. I want to have people share things with me. I want to absorb and learn. Um, and that, that sense of like not being okay with things that are uncomfortable doesn't really exist when it's in a very safe and like trusted space but I kind of stay above all of that when you know you're in your camera space because or your stage space because it just feels like Mm -hmm. well that's how the world knows you but do they know you and I couldn't even tell them who I was until I learned to know myself and so I think that's for anybody and any personality or you know, any industry, I think you first have to be completely sure of who you are, what values you have and what you want your life to look like before you could ever tell somebody or ask someone to give you a shot at being who they need you to be to hit their goals and values in a work or a relationship space. Right. Oh, that is such a great note to end on. Seriously, because I'm thinking about all those people out there who are so busy Mm -hmm. trying to fit the mold for what others want, but they don't even completely understand what they have the capability to do. So how can you be there for others in a professional sense or a relational sense until you know the best and worst versions of yourself? I, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I feel like I've, I'm still going through this exploration of who I am and what I'm okay with and what kind of leader I am. But I mean, I have a, a pretty good handle on it now. So I feel like I'm able to deliver a better product to those who need my help or attention. But it's taken a long time. But I'm also like not as stressed yeah. or anxious about delivering something to other people because I can give them a more honest version of who I am like I'm not pretending and it's exhausting to pretend to employers that you are 
super, super mm-hmm. extroverted, but you're really not. Or it's exhausting to pretend in a relationship that you are really, you know, outgoing, or maybe you're introverted or like, yeah, I can be really reserved. No, you'll be sitting on your things. hands the rest so, of your life. And like, that is nowhere to be. Exactly. That is a great way to end the show because I feel like this, it's again, this is just classic Erica. <laughs> you are so misunderstood because you, we could have a separate podcast about like making it in your industry because you have just done it all. Um, and I'm sure all the entertainers and models and actresses would love to hear your experiences and what you did. But I think that this was a perfect message for everyone out there who was struggling and trying so hard to mm-hmm. make it in whatever they're doing and your key points really help deliver. So how can people find you, connect with you, give, yeah. get oh advice gosh, from I'd you? Love it. Um, well, everything is my name. So it's really easy. It's Erica Grace Powell and it's Erica with a K <laughs> E R I K A Grace G R A C E P O W E L L. That's on Instagram. That is Facebook. Um, that is my uh, website.com if you want to go read more check out things there but I'm really active on Instagram I try to do a lot of stories and videos and kind of let that be the thing that posts other places so if you want to follow like the spot that I'm really into I would say Instagram for sure mm-hmm. I agree and also Erica uh, is a terrific cook. chef absolutely mind-blowing She's going to make you feel bad about the the cold (laughs) chicken that you're serving yourself and your boyfriend because she crushes the game every single time. But Erica, thank you so much. I am so grateful for not just the podcast, but so much that you've helped me see in myself and your mentorship. You are welcome. So thank you. Hey world, thanks so much for tuning in. If you have 10 seconds of your time, please consider going to rate my podcast on iTunes. You can find me on iTunes and Spotify and also follow me on Instagram at misunderstood.podcast or at Kelly Renee Hall. I love hearing from you guys. I love feedback, insight, and I appreciate you tuning in week by week. Thanks so much. And I appreciate you continuing to find out how we can get a better understanding of ourselves.